0: Hey, welcome and greetings from Elfie's World, the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and maybe, maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. Boy, I am glad you decided to join us. Now, today, we're going to be presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these are true stories which have often been, well, excluded from the pantheon of history for, well, for whatever reason. My name is Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. Today, we bring you the story of an amazing individual. It is episode number 25 and is entitled, Nellie Bly, A True Original. So, kick back, relax, <laughs> and enjoy. Throughout history, there have been a few people who have just been plain bigger than life, more incredible than any fiction writer could possibly create. And no one, absolutely no one, fit that description better than Nellie Bly, the first true investigative reporter. And here is her story. Before she had reached the age of 22, she had risen from the obscurity of a small Pennsylvania mill town to become one of the most popular reporters in the entire United States. Born in 1864, her real name was Elizabeth Cochran. Now, wanting to protect her identity, her newspaper had her assume the nom de plume of Nellie Bly. They Well, they feared she might lose her innocence, both literally and figuratively. Known as the Queen of the Sobs, by 1884, she was turning out one expose after another for none other than Joseph Pulitzer's New York World newspaper, each dealt in graphic detail with human suffering of one sort or another. She wrote of the many incredible indignities faced by the downtrodden individuals of her day, such as those experienced by female prisoners who had to endure the leering and groping of jailhouse guards. It was the revelations of her stories that forced the separation of male prisoners from female prisoners for the first time ever. Because of Nellie's efforts, Matrons were assigned to frisk female prisoners instead of twitchy-fingered male guards. Under a false name, she even had herself committed to an insane asylum for ten days so she could experience the deplorable conditions firsthand. Upon her release, she wrote a best-selling book about her experiences entitled Ten Days in a Madhouse. Though seen by many as still a young girl, by the time she had reached the tender age of 21, Nellie Bly was at the pinnacle of success in her career. It was then that she came up with an idea that would bring her world acclaim. In response to the popularity of Jules Verne's novel, Around the World in 80 Days, Nellie decided to attempt to beat the fictional record of Phileas Fogg. She announced that she would circumnavigate the world in less than 80 days and do it alone. Now, now, this was unheard of in a time when a young lady hardly went across the street without a chaperone. To even think of such a trip in that day and age was almost impossible to conceive. I mean, there were no airplanes, no cars, no modern steamships, and nowhere would she be able to find a cozy motel with cable TV. Even finding safe food would be a task in many places. It was only innovations such as America's Transcontinental Railway and the opening of the Suez Canal that even made such a trip technically possible. Well, with all this in mind, her editor finally gave Nellie Bly his reluctant blessing. With two days to prepare and only a ticket for the first leg of her journey, Nellie left New York on November 12, 1889. Dressed in her plaid ulster and cape, she donned her Sherlock Holmes cap and carried a single leather grip sack. All of these had become her trademark. Arriving in London after a seven-day cruise across the Atlantic, she boarded a train for France. Now, one of her first stops was in the small French town of Amiens. There she secured an audience with none other than Jules Verne himself, author of Around the World in 80 Days. Now, Verne was astonished by her youth. Because he was very concerned for her safety, he asked about her proposed route. With great confidence, she quickly detailed her itinerary, step by step, which would hopefully bring her back to New York in just seventy-five days. (laughs) To this, Verne replied, "'If you do it in seventy-five days, I shall applaud you with both hands.' When asked why she was skipping Bombay, Nellie replied, I I want to save time, not a widow. Referring, of course, to one of Phileas Fogg's fictional escapades related in Around the World in Eighty Days. Well, as her wine glasses clinked in a toast, Vernes, in his thick, French accent said, Good luck, Nellie Bly. With a smile on her face and a bounce in her step, Nellie was off on the adventure of a lifetime. And uh, did the intrepid Nellie Bly make it around the world in less than 80 days? Uh, Well... For Nellie Bly, it was a trip that would indeed be amazing. From Paris, she caught a train to Italy, where she boarded a steamer headed for the Suez Canal and Egypt. Next on her agenda was Singapore, followed by Hong Kong, where she sailed aboard yet another ship to San Francisco. And from there, she was on to New York City, by the way of the Transcontinental Railway. Now, later she would write, Yeah, I only remember my trip across the continent as one maze of happy greetings, happy wishes, congratulating telegrams, fruit, flower, loud cheers, wild hurrahs, rapid handshaking, and a beautiful car filled with fragrant flowers attached to a swift engine, that was tearing like mad through a flower-dotted valley and over a snow-tipped mountain and on and on and on. (laughs) At each stop along the way, Nellie sent back telegrams to her editor, which were published and played up in her home newspaper. Her editor even ran a contest offering a free trip to Europe to any person who could most accurately guess her exact travel time. With over one-half million people entering the contest, the circulation for the New York World soared. Now, to add excitement to the trip, the Cosmopolitan magazine, an arts rival of the New York World, sent their own female reporter, Elizabeth Brisland, around the world in an attempt to beat Nellie Bly's time. Brisland would complete her trip in just over 76 days, beating the time of Phileas Fogg. And uh, what of Nellie Bly? (laughs) Well, as for the Queen of the Sobs, after traveling by ship, train, rickshaw, horse, burrow, and even on foot. Having crossed four continents, she finally returned home. Being cheered in a massive parade attended by thousands, she arrived in New York City on January 25th. And what was her exact time? Well, she made the entire trip in only 72 days, 6 hours, and 11 minutes, having beaten both Phileas Fogg and Elizabeth Brisland. She was crowned champion. Now everybody knew her name, Nellie Bly. But uh, what was next for our intrepid heroine? How could she top this? Sadly, after that magnificent accomplishment, poor Nellie started a slow slide into oblivion. At the age of 28, she married a 72-year-old millionaire. When he died, she tried running his company, but it went bankrupt and she went broke. As a reporter during World War I, she sent back stories from the Austrian Front. Uh, But her style was sadly dated, and her popularity waned. When she died on January 27, 1922, at the age of 57, her obituaries were small and hidden on the inside pages. Even in the newspaper that she had helped to make famous, across the nation. Ah, but during her prime, oh, that Nellie Bly, she was absolutely amazing and courageously true. Well, there you have it. Episode number 25, entitled Nellie Bly, a true original. It's part of our weekly series entitled, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Each week, we feel privileged to present for your entertainment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true stories from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Now, as a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book, and that includes shipping and handling anywhere in the United States. Oh, what a deal. For more information, merely go to Elfysworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, Elfysworld.com, and click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram. Principal Editor and Provider of Sage Council. Expert Publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Hoine Tomish for the Piano Introduction. Dee Demizic for Breakfast Piano Jingle. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning.